Welcome to the Umpiring Fast Pitch Softball Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Pete. And today we're going to continue in the USA uh, Softball Umpire Manual. We're in Chapter 5, which is the Base Umpire Mechanics, and we're down to Point 4, which is Inside-Outside Theory. So the Inside-Outside Theory is simple, but then there's, you know, five bullets to <laughs> yeah, talk about it. a lot of writing. Yeah. Uh, if the ball is hit inside the diamond, stay outside the diamond. Boom. Easy. There's nothing to it. If the ball is hit outside the infield... Pick up the ball and glance at the runner while you hustle inside the infield. This allows the four elements to be in front of you, the ball, the base, the offense, and the defense. This is the, the idea of, of button hooking. Yes. Right? So this is different in U-Triple-S-A mechanics. And NCAA mechanics. NC2A mechanics is different uh, here as well. But the high school and the USA softball will use the, use the inside-out theory and button hook. So C, for the purpose of the inside-out theory, the umpire will consider the diamond as the area of the infield inside the baselines forming a diamond shape. The infield is defined as that portion of the field that is normally covered by the infielders. All right. (laughs) So a little bit of a disagreement here. The umpire will consider the diamond as the area of the infield inside the baselines forming a diamond shape. The infield is defined... So the diamond is the area inside there. The infield is defined as the portion of the field that is normally covered by the infielders. Okay, so maybe I'm not going to disagree. Inside the diamond is different than inside the infield. Yes. So the diamond is smaller than the infield mm-hmm. because the second baseman plays considerably back behind the line. The shortstop often will play behind the line mm-hmm. quite a bit. So, okay, I'm okay with that. So what's D, Pete? The key to the inside-outside theory is movement, and the key to movement to inside the diamond is the button hook. When moving from the starting position toward the infield, concentrate on your runner responsibility. Alternate between watching the ball and glancing at the runner. Once inside the diamond, at a minimum depth of 10 to 12 feet, plant your right foot and pivot into the play, watching the runner touch first base. Move parallel with the runner to the next base or return to the previous base, obtaining your 90 degree angle to the path of the runner for a possible tag play. So this is kind of in words describing the button hook. What does that look like exactly? So they're describing you are, let's say you're in A, so you're in foul territory, balls hit to the outfield. You're gonna start to run in. They say glance at the ball, see what's going on, make sure it is going to the outfield. That's what's happening. I glance, I saw it, I'm now running in. I am going to run in into the diamond. So that's into the baseline, you know, past the baseline, past the base. And I'm gonna turn and I'm gonna watch the runner touch first base. And then I'm going to follow her. I like to describe it as running a smaller diamond than her. That's yep. the parallel path. So you got it. Um, and that that is helpful because we are slower than them generally. So running yep. a smaller diamond will get you there at the same time. How much smaller? Ten to twelve. Ten to twelve, 10 feet. 12 feet smaller right. on a, a, <laughs> as a from a parallel path to it. You move, and then it, where it also says to the next base or return to the previous base. So that's girl rounds first base. She takes an aggressive turn. Uh, but then she returns to the base. Yep. You, in that case, you don't keep going to second. You don't stop. Kind of walk her back is a phrase a lot of people might say. And the reason of that is, as it says, you want someone maybe who's going to throw a backdoor throw, a tag play because they're going to try to pick her off because she was too lazy going back. And so someone snaps a throw yep. over there. You can't just abandon responsibilities because the ball landed in the grass in left field. Girl makes a wide turn. You're like, oh, let me go get to my counter rotated position. No. Yeah. Watch for the play. Make sure everyone gets to where they're going and has stopped. And everyone, the play is stopped, ball's in the circle, now I'm in. You got it. A couple things. One, the smoothest I've ever seen this done is Wendell. He's fantastic at it. In the A, you know, routine ground ball to the outfield. Probably going to be a single, but, you know, you have an aggressive runner. Wendell's quick to get button hooked in. 
uh, get it facing all four elements and then um, shadowing that runner as she walks back to, to first base. Um, he's there until the play's over and then uh, jogs to his counter-rotated position. Um, but, yeah, very smooth. I, I just happened to be watching. I think I might have been at, the, at a tournament watching you and, and Tom. And Wendell happened to be on the field beside us, and I saw that happen, and I went, whoa, that was really, really slick. So that, that resonated with so me. So Wendell, that's the, he's the district commissioner for the area. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, he practices what he preaches. He's, yeah, he's very good. He knows what's up. So, and then the other thing, the button hook. So you want a tight button hook. And what I mean by a tight button hook is, you know, don't push the first baseman out of the way to when you're running into the to the field but uh, you don't have to miss her by you know a football field either right so um, you want to as as soon as the ball is cracked it's going to the outfield as long as you're not chasing we're going to talk about fly ball coverage in a little bit here but as long as you're not chasing your job is to get in your job is to get in before that runner gets to first base and so you better get there and get there quickly so the bigger the loop you run the longer the time it takes and so there's absolutely no reason to take a big loop. Yeah, you should be closer um, to the first baseman than the second baseman when you make your loop. Considerably closer. Yeah. Yes. Like close. I said, don't knock her down, but, you know, get in. She's probably going to go toward the bag mm-hmm. and um, and will give you a, a, a lane to get button hooked in very, very tight. So you want to do that. I've, and I've heard there's there's been some clinicians uh, in the recent past have uh, had taught that differently. They're, the, they're in the minority, I believe. So... Uh, a tight button hook is is what you're after. I don't see any advantage to a wide button hook. I mean, what's Me the tight button hook gets you there faster? It lets you beat the runner to the base. You know, if they're fast, you've got to get inside. You got to get past her. You got to get out of everybody's way, and then you got to be there to see her touch the base. And why would you take a longer path to do that? Just to show off? Look at my stride. Like, yeah. there's no point. And then the wider it gets you, I don't know, potentially in the path of a throw if you go too wide or you're too slow, or it gets you in the way of someone else base, you know, fielder movement. So a slight adjustment to, you know, a tight button hook is if it's a clear double. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if it's going to be a clear double, we still, you know, USA softballs, they still want you to, to see the runner touch first base, mm-hmm. but the play is likely going to be at second, right? And so maybe not as tight on that play, but uh, for, for most plays that are just, you know, most kind of base hits single. to the outfield are yeah. just clean singles, mm-hmm. most of them. Okay. When the ball stays inside the diamond, the umpire should stay outside the diamond. Of course, that, that makes perfect sense. And I will talk a little bit about this just because, you know, it's an umpiring podcast. And while we're going over USA Mechanics, um, you've recently started doing a little bit of U-trip ball. Yeah. Uh, where they rim and do mm-hmm. not button hook. And uh, as, as we've talked about, I'm working on my NC2A Mechanics where it's not a button hook uh, situation also. And uh, so what are your thoughts, Pete, on, on how, what the difference between the two and, and which do you like better? It is, to me, so I have, I have one tournament under my belt. Um, I did 11 games doing, uh, I was played some of them, so I did, all 11 weren't base umpiring, doing the rim. So that's, this is limited experience. It seemed, quote unquote, it seemed easier to me. Is less running, less, required less hustling. I felt like I was hustling less because I stayed out. A couple of times I felt, and this was probably, I'm not knocking those mechanics, especially because those are the mechanics used in NCAA. So high level, these are high level mechanics to a certain degree, right? But it's like, I felt like I wasn't always in, I felt like I was potentially missing something sometimes, you know, as I go, balls hit the right field, you know, and I'm staying in the rim. So shot to, you know, clean single to right field, right? Normally I would button hook, I'd get in, and now I'm in a good position to see 
what if there's a quick throw and she actually there's a throw to first base? Yep. I'm running. I, I hit the ball to right field. I'm slow. Right fielder comes up gunning. Boom. But if I rim, I'm outside. So I'm running. I'm staying out. I'm staying out. I turn so I can see it. But like the from outside, the angle to see the throw, the throw come in and the base and the runner and the tag, I don't feel like that's as good of an angle as if I had been in. And that's that could be a comfort thing. That could be in. Yeah, experience. Dude, you're standing in the wrong spot. Even though you're <laughs> yeah. in the rim and you're outside, you're in the wrong outside. Yeah. I'm not sure. But like that play, so anything to right field kind of got me messed up a little bit. But otherwise, I felt like it was a little easier. Like it, I felt like it saved my legs um, You know, for the weekend. Like I felt more rested. I didn't yeah. have to run around as much and sure. stuff like that. So maybe that, that was good. I was, I was interested in learning more. So I, yeah. I wasn't just, I'm not going to poo-poo it. And I know there's a lot of people. Cool. I'd seen some talk on our Facebook groups and stuff where... There are people who done do NFHS even Federation Ball, and they say they rim, they do rim, right. and um, some of their umpire signers and people don't care. Some of the ones they're like, we don't care. If you want me to do it, I am not button hooking because that's too much running, and I'm, <laughs> I'm old or I, I have a bum knee. I'm doing this, you know, yeah. doing this at all. Um, if I if you need me to base umpire, I have to stay in the rim because it's easier on me. And yeah, if he's not saying that that's him, he's he's role playing there for yeah, someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, yeah, like I do. I do whichever mechanic I'm in. So if I'm in USAF Federation, I'm button hooking as hard as I can. Yep. If I'm going to do U-Trip, I'm going to try to follow that. The guy even told me, because he had realized that it's not like I'd been to any U-Trip camps or I hadn't done anything. He said, if you want a button hook, because that's what you're comfortable do it. And I just, I was like, hey, yep. I want to experience everything. I got yeah, the we're going to try it. Right? I got the red shirt on. I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even if you had the black one on at the yeah, time. Yeah. Right? Black on Saturday, red on Sunday. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So, a couple of things I want to add here. First of all, Pete, you'll never say this for yourself. And when he was talking about it, he felt like he didn't have to hustle as much. Um, Pete is not a lazy umpire. In fact, I believe the last bit of feedback you got from Linda was that you were the hustlingest umpire at the tournament. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she did say that. Okay. It was well appreciated. Yeah. So uh, Pete's not a lazy guy, but um, certainly, you know, when you do 11 games in a, in one single tournament, if uh, if you can save those legs a little bit, for sure. Uh, right. I, too, struggled with that right field situation uh, for my first few uh, games where I was rimming and not button hooking uh, until I got the advice to... You, it, it just the words worked in my brain. I'm not sure if they if they resonate for everyone, but it was just open up to the play. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm in the A, and the ball goes to right field as a base hit. Well, you just you don't, you're not running in real mm-hmm. quick. You know, you just kind of open up. So now I can see through my left eye, I see the first baseman. Through my right eye, I see the right fielder. Uh, you know, I've got the play in front of me, at least to my left and right. The ball's gonna be in front of me. And if the girl takes off and goes to second, now I'm chasing her and do that whole go in behind her, get 10 to 12 feet in, and yeah. try to beat her to second base. Good luck. But, you know, I'm going to do my best. Yeah, and that was something actually, so that was a naive point of mine was, you know, we, we just talked about running a smaller diamond, you know, when you button hook and then you're running a smaller diamond. If you stay out, you're running a bigger diamond. Yeah. And that was one of my questions there. And I asked, I actually asked an umpire before we were going. I was like literally about to step on the field. I grabbed another dude and I was like, hey, listen, what do I do in this scenario? Like, I'm at, you know, we're first, the girl hits a triple or something. Like, how do I get? He's like, just cut across the diamond. Yeah, you go in. I yeah. was like, oh. Well, yeah. I thought I had to stay out. I thought there was like a barrier that <laughs> I thought out meant out. No, no, you can't cut across the diamond. We're not saying you never go in for any reason. You, you just never, don't button hook. Yeah, you just yeah. don't button hook. Yep, exactly. Yep. All right, cool. So that's a good one. Um, so, item five fly ball coverage. 
There are times a base umpire needs to go to the outfield for fly ball coverage. When going out on a fly ball, the angle you obtain is very important. Yeah, when going to the outfield, you should verbally communicate with your partner using phrases as one man, if you're in two man, so one man, so basically you're basically telling the guy he's by himself now on the time. Yeah, you're in charge of everything. Yeah, two man <laughs> or going. So two man or going is when if you're in three man or four man if you're... Does USA ever do four? They do, right? In uh, some of the national tournaments, do they ever do a four? I haven't seen it. I'm not okay. sure. Okay, yeah, so they, they yeah, then we are strictly talking about three-man. So then we're saying two-man means that they're switching to two-man candidates. Because the point is, once you go to the outfield, you're done. You're done. You're done. You're That's done. the only responsibility yep. you yep. have. One. Yep. Yeah, and and now you're done. You're, 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 <laughs> you're sticking done. everybody else to, to deal with you, right? Now our podcast listeners know we have TikTok also. <laughs> you're done. Okay, so I want to get through these because I really want to talk about this one. But uh, when going to the outfield, move for an angle parallel to the flight of the ball as opposed to running directly at the fielder attempting to make the catch. Mm -hmm. So don't run directly at her. Run parallel to her. This allows a better view of the catch or no catch. Read the fielder so that you are stopped and set to see the play. Stop, see the play, and make the call by signaling either out or catch or safe. Out for a catch or or safe for a no catch. Once the call is made, let the ball turn you back to the infield to observe additional plays. Remain in the outfield. Do not come back to the infield until all play has ceased. And we'll talk about that. So when um, it says uh, observe plays in the infield, are we just watching? Or is there, do we have some additional responsibilities? Is that for... You're helping. Swipe tags. Yeah, I was going to say, is it for appeals? Yeah, appeals, swipe tags, um, that kind of stuff for sure. I would... Okay. Let's read C, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. All right. So C, when you're going out on fly balls near the foul line, stay stay near the foul line. You're responsible for fair, foul, and catch or no catch. Position yourself near the foul line, and if foul, signal by raising your hands over your head and give a verbal call of foul or foul ball. If the ball is fair, point toward fair territory with the arm closest to fair ground. When the ball is close to the foul line and is touched, whether caught or not, the umpire must first give the ball status by pointing fair or foul. When the ball is first touched over fair territory, point fair, and if the ball is not caught, the point is followed by a strong fair ball signal. In other words, more point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If the ball is caught, an out signal is given. When the ball is first touched over foul territory, point foul, and if the ball is not caught, give a strong dead ball signal and a strong verbal call of foul or foul ball. If the ball is caught, give an out signal. So we talked about this. This came up a little bit in the plate mechanics because it's a similar series of instructions here. And it was a little confusing and we walked through it. And so for some more discussion too, definitely check out um, that episode uh, under plate mechanics. But the the idea here is we talked about where the ball is touched is important because if they drop it or whatever else, not because, oh, it's, I point fair and then it is a catch. And then it's like, why did I point fair? It's not a fair, but it's caught. Who cares? Um, it's because in the heat of the moment, especially, and for tag up responsibilities for a lot of other things that can happen, it matters where the ball is touched. So you just yep. let everybody know who, who, who may care, who may want this information, who may process this information and make a play based on it. Do it and then signal the thing that happened. So it's fair ball and then it bounces off her hand and hits the ground. Super fair ball. It's like yeah. point, point really more. Really fair. Yeah, yeah, point more. Uh, if it's... If it's fair, especially, that becomes very important. You pointed fair as it was touched, right? So everyone knew you pointed fair. And then when it hit her glove and now falls into foul territory, 
you still point fair again because that's that's, right. that's extra important. And then anyone comes to ask you, you'd be like, yeah, I pointed fair when she touched it. Remember, that's why I pointed fair again when it landed. And so that's just. I think you're adding some credence, credence to what you did, yep. uh, and you're just again, you're. It may be communicating, it may be over communicating, but that's. I don't think that's bad in this case. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about when to go out. So, one man, there is no base umpire. So, two man, two person mechanics. Uh, there's a base umpire, and when to go out. So, hub and um, USA here, Central Ohio. Most of the time, it's a you're in two man. You're not going out. Right, and that's, I can tell you this. So I've been umpiring. I've done three entire seasons. I've done school ball, summer ball, fall ball, you know, all these other stuff. The number of times I've gone out is exactly zero. Okay. And that's because of, you know, A, that's just kind of not our mechanic. I haven't worked with anyone yep. who's asked me to. Uh, I haven't done it. I don't know when it would have been a good case. There's yep. never, I really haven't been any catches where I knew when it was hit, oh, that's going to be a trouble ball, and where I would even consider it myself. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it, this isn't, it doesn't seem like a super common occurrence i don't know how often people so anything i say i just want to let the listeners know i'm talking from theory and from like what seems like sense to me so no experience with this whatsoever for myself yeah no three man and no going out so far in your career right so uh, i believe i spoke about this in one of my uh, one of the episodes about going to nationals but i had a partner his plate he said hey i want you going out on a trouble ball and i'm like oh that's not our that's not what we do. Um, so that would be different for me. And he said, yeah, well, I want you to do it. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Um, yep, I will. I was pretty young umpire at that time too. I kind of got my butt kicked when I got home, you know, from the, from the powers that be and said, yeah. don't, don't let them take you out of your game. But I, and a ball got hit and I, in my brain said, Oh, maybe that's a trouble ball. And so then I turned and looked to see where the ball was. And I went, Oh no, that's pretty routine. Oh, that's a base hit. And then I, I turned back and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Now I'm not button hooked in. Um, I didn't actually go out, you know, to get the dumb thing, you know, and now I'm about to get hit in the ear because the the play was shallow and she's going to throw the ball to first base. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, And so I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that again (laughs) now. um, Now, having said that, I did notice in some of our college games over the past couple of years uh, where I was coaching that some of our umpires would go out. Uh, a base umpire, and we did two man in an OAC. Yep. Yep. Um, so two man in OAC, and every once in a while, you would see a base umpire go out on a fly ball to right field. And so I've spoken with them about that, and we talked about it in our clinic and whatnot. And it's um, really that's about the only time in two man is if the ball is near the the foul line, nobody's on base, and so if it is a fair ball, and you know it's it's long, it's likely a triple. Mm-hmm. Plate umpires got third anyway in NC2A mechanics. Yeah. So go ahead and turn around and make the fair foul call. Now, I would also say this. If you're thinking about that and you're doing thinking about doing it in the summertime or thinking about doing it in your school, school time, you better take a look and see if there's a foul line in the outfield. Yeah. Because if there's no foul line in the outfield, the plate umpire has, has the, the better view, view of yep. that. So, And that's an important part of this is that what we're saying is if you go out you have now taken fair yeah. foul responsibility you away have the from call. the plate umpire. That's right. Uh, so you better be able to enforce it. Yep. And then the last, last thing I would say then is, you know, in B of this one, it said, you know, once you're out, you're out. Uh, stay out until all play has ceased. Mm-hmm. Again, something that got brought into me, you know, because of the CCA manual, the NC2A mechanic, uh, is that, you know, there are some situations where it might be helpful if you were to rejoin. 
And so yeah. let's let's think about the fact that you know maybe there's a rundown between second and third. Or I mean, sec, first and second, or second and third. Uh, even, that's even better, right? Yeah. So you went out. Um, it was a dropped ball. The the runner took off, you know, and she's trying to go to third, but the the right fielder's got a cannon. She throws the ball, and the girl's halfway there, and she's caught. And now the plate umpire's up at third, and yeah. you're you got a rundown, and there's nobody there to bracket with him. Yeah. Well, get your butt over there and bracket with them. You know, get back into play. You yeah. know, get back so in. But, but you have to tell them you're here. You're like, you're I was like, ask I'm here. Because yeah. you have, because the problem, what you don't want is someone not knowing who is, which one of you is supposed to make the call, right? Right. Um, so, and that's communication. Maybe it's a pregame piece to talk about. I assume, I mean, how, what would that, what would that be? Would it be, would you just say like, in that case, would you say, I got two? Would you say two man? Like put yourself back in bracket. bracket. I'd okay. be yelling bracket in that case there. Two man would be a good one. Uh, that was the other comment I was going to make. In A, it said to when you go out, yell one man, two man, or going. Mm-hmm. Um, we use going. If you're the base umpire, you say going. The plate umpire will then say how many men are we now. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a three man situation and you one says going, you'll you'll hear a, a good plate umpire yell two man. And then be repeated by U three that says two man. Now everybody knows we're in two man now, and you know. So anyway, that just a yeah. couple of things that are in addition to to what's in the manual here. I don't think you're going to get in trouble for doing any of the extra things that we just talked about uh, yeah. because they'll ask you. You know, if you're if you're being evaluated, and they'll say, well, why did you come back in? We we'll say, well, he was in a situation where you know he had a rundown and. I thought it was better to bracket the play. Uh, I let him know that I was here, mm-hmm. and he knew I was here, and you know, so I think we, I think we covered it well. And they're going to go, good job. Yeah, especially if you said, and we specifically had pregamed, you know, when we talked about going out. If I had said, in case comes to rejoin, I'm going to, you know, communicate. Yeah, I hate to. Uh, so it's rare that I disagree with you, but I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Yeah, don't don't pregame that one because that's against the that's against the mechanic. Yeah. Well, it did say pregame any deviations. So, yeah. so I'm intending to deviate. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. We're just going to ask for forgiveness rather than permission there in this case. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right, Pete. That's uh, that's fly ball coverage. Yeah. And uh, so that's inside-outside theory, fly ball coverage, uh, and the end of this episode. If you want to communicate with us or see more, umpiringfastpitchsoftball.com. But otherwise, uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.